Hey everyone, and welcome to Fanby Daily for Wednesday, August 12th, 2020. I am your host, editor-at-large for Fanby.com, John Warren, and I'm here to take you through the headlines and games and entertainment in less than 10 minutes. In an effort to create more revenue in the face of massive corporate debt, AT&T is apparently shopping anime streaming service Crunchyroll around for a possible buyer. That buyer is reportedly Sony whose own anime streaming service Funimation has exponentially fewer subscribers than Crunchyroll. This acquisition would clearly position Sony strongly with a service that is considered niche, but has increased in value every year since its purchase by Otter Media, an AT&T subsidiary, in 2013 in a deal that valued Crunchyroll at roughly $100 million. Though Crunchyroll is a content fit, the price AT&T has apparently set is $1.5 billion. That's with a B. Uh, tech blog The Information noted this price is exorbitant and something still not thought of as mainstream, so it remains to be seen if Sony or anyone will bite at the offer. AT&T's reaction to its recent troubles has involved layoffs, closings, and posting valuable properties for sale, including game publisher Warner Brothers Interactive. The concept of free next-generation upgrades got a little fuzzier today with the announcement that Remedy's Control, one of Fanbyte's very favorite games of recent memory, by the way, is eligible for such an upgrade on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X with one whale of a caveat. The upgrade will only apply to Control's upcoming Ultimate Edition coming out on Xbox One and PlayStation 4 digitally on September 10th. It'll also come to Epic Games Store the same day and Steam a week earlier on August 27th for the record. If you already own Control on one of those consoles, even if you have the DLC, you won't be able to upgrade that copy for free once it hits next-gen platforms. If you want to play the dedicated next-gen uh, version of Control, you'll have to buy it separately when it's out or buy this Ultimate Edition current-gen version. What a mess. Uh, there's really no way around this being a raw deal and something to look at going forward with recent releases. Games we know that are going cross-platform next year including uh, include Final Fantasy VII Remake, but will it make the leap to next-gen? We have no idea. What about The Last of Us Part Two? We got a dedicated PlayStation 4 version of the first one, something to keep in mind when planning your season pass and DLC purchases. Anyway. Uh, the Sims 4 uh, producer Lindsay Pearson posted a video on her Twitter yesterday addressing years of complaints that the series doesn't do enough to provide realistic darker skin, skin tones and distinct real-world hairstyles and types. In her message, Pearson said, quote, I want to address a topic that is very near and dear to The Sims. Inclusivity is at the core of The Sims franchise. From the beginning, we set out to let you build Sims that look like you or people you know, and we understand it doesn't feel like we're truly living up to that promise. We hear you and recognize that we have not done enough to address the variety of skin tones and hairstyles that you expect to find in The Sims 4. While we have made additions and improvements and fixes in the past, there is much more for us to do. We are making it a priority to release more options this year, as well as to address these visual issues with current skin tones, specifically to, to improve the blotchy artifacts and ashy tones. We've iterated on these before, but we're, going, uh, but we're doing a deep dive in our full pipeline to trace our assets through every step and compare the before and afters to assess any loss in quality." End quote. Uh, Gita Jackson has covered The Sims for both Kotaku and now Motherboard over Advice, exploring the many ways The Sims fails to accurately capture the skin tones and textures of people of color. Odd color blending, shader, uh, shading issues, and more have kept the built-in skin and hair options from being satisfying for many players. 
Modders have stepped up for years to provide better options and textures, but EA is finally acknowledging how they could actually facilitate these changes in the base game itself, after 85,000 petitioners took to change.org calling for action. Fall Guys developer Media, uh, Media Tonic has been busy banning cheaters of the popular Battle Royale game. An uptick in cheaters was noticed by many right after release, with some players getting head starts or becoming impervious to obstacles. With patches and increases in their detection services, Mediatonic now says there are many fewer cheaters playing the game. A uh, recent pass patch also fixed the bug responsible for a very good TikTok going around, where a player's grab of the final crown just doesn't register, creating a tragic loss condition. A few uh, really quick notes, popular streamer Shroud returned to Twitch today. After leaving the now shuttered Mixer platform and taking a month off, he returned to play Valorant with 516,000 concurrent viewers at its peak, uh, more than double of what he says he expected. Uh, the upcoming remake, uh, oh, moving on, the upcoming remake of Shimagami Tensei 3 Nocturne will be adding Dante from the Devil May Cry series as a guest character uh, for $10 as a DLC. Uh, the notable aspect of this story is the fact that Dante already appeared in a version of the original game as a guest character. So this implementation positioned as an add-on and not, like, you know, part of the original game is a little bit bizarre. It's not a simple reintroduction, however, as new voice lines will be recorded for the game. Nocturne will be out worldwide in early 2021. Leaks and informed speculation may have dampened the reveal, but Splinter Cell's protagonist, Sam Fisher, will be making his way to popular multiplayer shooter Rainbow Six Siege soon. Ubisoft announced a full reveal of the character in the game is coming on Sunday, August 16th at 11 a.m. Pacific. Fisher has been making the rounds on a lot of other games, including the last two Ghost Recon games, and through Easter eggs in The Division 2. We haven't seen a new Splinter Cell game in seven years. If you were super psyched about the live-action version of Avatar The Last Airbender coming to Netflix, well, temper your expectations as it was, it was announced today that showrunners and original creators of the animated series are leaving the new production. Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konietzko uh, each wrote different posts about the decision, saying Netflix never quite held up to their promise of supporting their full creative vision to make the new series. Both creators still say they plan on working on future Avatar projects, but not on this live-action Netflix series. The animated show is currently on the platform, with sequel series The Legend of Korra set to begin streaming on the service in two days on Friday the 14th. Finally, Tony Hawk posted on Instagram today a very cool story about Chris Weddle, the skater uh, credited with popular trick once referred to as Mute Air, which has appeared in numerous video games. Weddle is deaf, and other skaters coined the name Mute Air, which not only doesn't make any sense, but it's just, you know, rude and gross. Uh, Hawk recently discussed the name of the trick with Weddle, who said he'd rather name the trick Deaf or after himself, Weddle. The latter is actually what the trick will be called in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. What a nice, if delayed, ending to that story. Uh, that is it for today's Fan by Daily. Join us again tomorrow and check out our other great podcasts over at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. Have you listened to 99 Potions yet? That is the show where Natalie Flores, Steven Strom, and I discuss all things RPG. Today we discussed how newcomers could get into Final Fantasy XIV with the recent game-changing 5.3 update. It's a great show. Um, I'm biased, but uh, it's really good, so go check it out. Uh, Y'all have a good one. <laughs>